Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to What's Brewing, a show where we can say whatever we want, a sports show where you can say whatever you want. How novel of a concept is that? But that's what we're here to do for you. We will give you that opportunity for the next two hours. Give us a call, 646-929-2192, or email us at whatsbrewingshow at AOL.com. The show starts now. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Brew Experience on the Power for Blog Talk Radio on the Radio Network channel. What a weekend in the NFL that we just are exiting. We had upsets. We had miracle finishes. We've had injuries. It's all yet. The The season is amazingly going well for the NFL. Yes, they had to play Jenga with the schedule, which you know is causing teams not to have bye weeks, teams to have early bye weeks that weren't scheduled. But the shell game that they were playing, is quite possibly awesome. Look how college football street in this. If you get one, you're done. You're not playing. Great. Looks great. That sounds awesome. Congratulations. Big Ten is like, you want to play football? Here's eight weeks. Y'all play eight games in eight weeks. Be goddamned if anybody gets COVID. We'll shut your shit down. You don't play. Fuck it. Don't make us do this. It sounds like the father who's about ready to like, don't make me do this. Don't make me want it. Shut up. Where the NFL has done right is, hey, you get a COVID test, you're out. You get a breakout, play a show game. And um, when you start to really think about it, it's like, all right, good. They're done. They've gotten it. They've gotten it together. They figured it out. We're through week what ten now? Eleven, whatever week we're in. <laughs> um, ten, eleven. I don't even know what it is anymore. It just feels like it's weird. But we've gotten there, and it took all of us, and it will continue to take all of us to get this season done through the playoffs and the Super Bowl, which could possibly move, but who knows? I didn't get that. Could you try again? So you look at the weekend we had. Impressive that Drew Brees, who cracks a bunch of ribs, collapses along. Stays in the game a little bit longer. And then when it comes to he can't go anymore, 
the Saints make the move not to Taysom Hill, not to the guy that they paid, but to Jameis Winston. What does that tell you? I don't know if that tells me anything. In all seriousness, it's we're at the point where Sean Payton seems that he's going to need an entire offseason, training camp, OTAs, preseason games to play Taysom Hill as quarterback. At this moment, Taysom Hill is way too important and integral in their offense, in a Drew Brees offense, which is what it is now. It's a Drew Brees offense. It's not going to change into the Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston offense. It's a Drew Brees offense. They're not going to change what they do right now. For the time being, especially if Drew's coming back. Jameis Winston will play. Taysom Hill will play how he plays. Do what he does. And then when Drew Brees rides off into the sun, that's a good BC Taysom Hill takes over the team next year. This isn't this is based off of nothing more than how Sean Hayden has handled this situation now in the last few years Drew Brees getting hurt. Not Drew Brees' injury last year. Brady's never close to him in all time numbers. The fact that Brady's had the chance to catch him a little bit more is because they are that point where if one gets hurt and is out a few weeks, the other guy's going to, you know, surpass him. You know, Tom hasn't missed many games since 2010. Um, since 2008, I'm sorry. He missed four. Tom's, Tom plays every game. The difference here is now Drew Brees is starting to miss games. Thomas an entire season. And where the Saints go here, they have the best record in the NFC. They have a tiebreaker of legit a full game over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have yet to have their bye. But they have a full game that they have a game lead, no matter what it is. Even if the Saints are seven and three, they have a full game lead because of sweeping them during the regular season. That's a full game lead. You look at the Saints, 
Hey, but Lana, Drew Brees, uh, optimistically, Brees is going to be out three weeks. I'd go three to four weeks. Here's their schedule in Atlanta or in New Orleans. Atlanta, Denver, Atlanta, Philly. That gets you to week 14. That's a month away. Then it's Kansas City, Minnesota, Carolina. So if you're the Saints, you kind of want Breeze back for that Kansas City game in week 15. That game decides a lot at the end. At the end of the day, that Chiefs game decides everything. And then five days later, Christmas Day, they play the Minnesota Vikings. 4.30 kick, Christmas Day. At home. They have, they're on, they're home this week, on the road for the next three, two straight at home, on the road to finish the season. For the Bucks to now win the division, to have home field at some point during the playoffs, you need to win out. This Saint schedule is not exactly facing murderer's row. Philly's a mess. We'll talk about that later. Atlanta's Atlanta's Atlanta. Okay. Denver, you never know who you're going to get. You could get a good football team, or you're not. It, it all depends on the week. Could Von Miller be back by then for them? Like I said, the Eagles are a mess. The Chiefs that game for the Chiefs could mean home field. It's not even looking for a buy anymore. You can't even say it. There's either the top seed's getting a buy, which the Saints currently are right now. They're currently the number one. The tied for first, tied for the number one seed with Green Bay. Okay, so they're if so facto. They're playing for it. If the NFL goes to a 16-team playoff, which I'm in favor of for this year, I really am. I think the 16-team playoff, I know NFL teams and owners want to give the bye as a special recognition for coming in first or second. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so you look at that. You look at if the playoffs were to start today in the NFC, it's Green Bay or New Orleans, Arizona, the Eagles, because of that stupid tie that they don't deserve. They should have won that game outright. Tampa, Los Angeles, Seattle. 
Bears are on the outside looking in. Detroit's on the outside looking in. And if Minnesota didn't get off to that terrible start, but they're going to they play tonight and game kicks in about eight minutes. Minnesota wins that game. I know primetime Kirk isn't anything to write home about. Now he's only won one game then. Okay, so then we'll do that. That, that. Minnesota wins it. Minnesota can run the ball. They have talent. It's just some of their fault. Talent is just catching up. No, mind you, Tampa and the Saints could flip-flop based on. But Tampa's got to win, and, and New Orleans has to lose twice. I don't see two losses there. They have three division games left, but two are against the Falcons and one's against the Panthers. I'm not literally sitting there going, ah, the Falcons are getting one of them. This isn't that year. They might. They could possibly get one. Kansas City, Minnesota, Carolina, once again. We have joining us tonight. The author of Total Patriots, which when that first came out was absolutely massive of a book. It was like the greatest encyclopedia of New England Patriot football that there was. Well, our man, Bob Hildberg, joins us again. With his new book, Relive Patriots History. Which is an update to Total Patriots. Which has fun facts, trivia, and breaks down Patriot history like you've never seen before. Yes, it's 60 years. It's not 2000 on like you would be led to believe by Pink Hats and the and the NFL media who forget that the Patriots went into Super Bowl 20 and got absolutely tarred and feathered. Who forget that had a very good chance to win Super Bowl 31 until Bill Bill Parcells quit on the team at halftime. I forget that stuff. And a year we're part of a year when three AFC East teams. Oh, I'm sorry. Four AFC East teams made the playoffs. Every one of those teams. So. We'll talk to Bob here in about uh, 13 minutes from now. We'll take a quick break here. Pause for cause. You're listening to the George Brew Experience on What's Brewing in Sports Radio Network. 
Headblade, check us out at headblade.com. It's Coach Kevin from Superfans.com. Superfans shirts. Superfans has Boston's best t-shirts. Uppercase B's for the adults and lowercase B's for the kids. You see our street hustlers at your favorite event or you shop with us at Superfans.com. At Superfans, we're just like you. We take pride in our town and support the best our teams have to offer. Listen to your New England soul. Visit Superfans.com and say hello next time you see us around town. We make Boston's best t-shirts for New England's best fans. Superfans! Superfans is a proud sponsor of Dirty Water TV.
cup of whiskey, you say? Well, this blend of fine golden grain and single malt comes from the oldest distillery in Ireland. Because we are not here to take part. We are here to take over. Rapper number 12, Irish whiskey. Hi, I'm Tim McGraw, Honorary Chairman of the Tug McGraw Foundation, and welcome to all you fantastic Mets and Phillies fans. Listen, did you know that brain tumors are the leading cause of solid tumor cancer death in children under the age of 20? As many as 69% of these children will survive. They're often left with long-term side effects. And did you know that nearly 1.7 million people sustain a traumatic brain injury each year? including 300,000 U.S. servicemen and women who are injured in battle in our country. A substantial number of these people will die or experience permanent disability. These facts may seem unrelated, but use your head. Brain tumors and traumatic brain injury impact a person's cognitive ability, their ability to learn, think, and reason. As we learn more about the treatment of these diseases and injuries, we can help the people affected by them to lead fulfilling and productive lives. The Tug McGraw Foundation offers resources for individuals affected by these conditions and for the people who care for them. Join me by visiting tugmcgraw.org to learn how you can use your head to help all of us get ahead. Play ball. Have a good evening. Take care. I was finally the husband Most of the time I wasn't And I became a friend A friend wouldn't like to have And all of a sudden going fishing Wasn't such an imposition And I went three times that year I lost my dad Hi, this is Bob Sosie, the voice of the Patriots And you're listening to the What's Ruining Sports Radio Network We'll get into this game for the next few minutes as we wait for a good friend of the show. You can follow him on the Twitter at Bob the Statman. Bob Hildberg will join us momentarily to talk about his new book, Relive Patriots History. The Vikings on their first drive of the game have a fumble by Gar Rudolph, turned ball over to the Bears. It was close. Rudolph fumbles for the first time in his career. But uh, I went into the weekend feeling accepting 
at this point okay with um I think I'm at the point where I, I, I'm okay and I, I'm accepting whatever Patriot um, final score is. I'm not going to be upset this year. It's it's just, all right, win or lose, cool. And I think that's the point I'm at. It's not, I don't want to tank for Trevor because I think if you've listened to any of the shows here or any of these podcasts, you know, I don't like Trevor Lawrence. I think he's overrated as hell. I look at that Notre Dame game and I fully say, yeah, they were that. Um, so when I look at the Patriots, I say I accept any of the outcomes. A man who's who anytime I need anything Patriot related, I go to. He is the one and only Bob the Stat Man. He is Mr. Bob Hilberg. Bob, how are you, buddy? Yeah, it's been a while, George. How you doing? Good. You know, it's it, it's definitely too long since you've been on the, these airwaves, but. You know, usually we do it after a Patriot Super Bowl celebration because you have so many, <laughs> <laughs> so much knowledge and info there. Um, well, they beat the how, Jets two weeks ago. I'm surprised you didn't call me after that. That was a huge celebration here, you know. See, I, this is just what I was saying before you called in. I, I, I'm at the point now <laughs> where I accept any outcome. Like I, I knew. I, I, I've been saying this, and I, I, I probably said this to you, and, I, and I've said this to Glennon, and I've said this to you know other guys who I've done shows with. I'm not, I, I'm not holding on for that one more day. I'm okay right. whenever. Yeah, right. I resign to the fact, like I live in New Jersey, so I got to watch the end of Marty Brodeur's career. You know, the greatest goaltender of all time. I. Got to watch the end of Jordan. I got to watch like the end of Derek Jeter's career in pinstripes, and I didn't never want to see a guy become a shell of himself. And I knew Tom would never do that. I always thought that Tom would sit there and not completely dick us over the way he did. But I right. figured he wouldn't leave the the cupboard bare. Like, hey, but Robert, look, I, you've done a ton for me. I have this great facility in Patriot Place that you know, I'm probably robbing people for everything we do from them, so thank you for that. Hey, <laughs> I know I keep saying 45, 45 is not feasible. You know, I know that. And I know you got to move on at some point. That being said, Belichick was like, oh, I'm sick and tired of being held hostage by this guy. So I'm of the, I was okay with him leaving. I've had some epic rants where I've gotten everything off my chest that I've wanted to say about him, but I couldn't because he was our guy. Um, I, if they lost to the Jets, I would have been okay with it. I, I really would have. I mean, it's, I it's like, football, especially with this year and everything going on. Sure, you know. Yeah, and, and it's not even the the Jet part of it. It was 
See, to me, us losing to the Jets screws the Jets. Because Jacksonville <laughs> right. is going to win another game. You know, Jacksonville may not win another game, I should say. If the Jets beat us twice and lose Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> I hate you know, it. Right? Like, to me, that'd be better than winning the Super Bowl this year. Um, <laughs> but, like, last night, you you went into that game going, and I was like, you know what? This was like the one game. You know, me and my wife, we you know we make our football picks during the week. We throw a dollar on it, whatever. Right. And I was sitting there, and we both had taken the Ravens. And I said to her, I said, "Thank God we took Seattle." Right. <laughs> like that's all I was thinking. And I looked at her and I said, at halftime, I said. If that came up and it was a cash out and Baltimore was up or close at the half, I was like, I'd cash out right there. Because I, right. I, I just had that feeling that they were winning last night, but I could not, in your opinion, as mine, and I don't know if it's the same, what have they done this year to garner that, hey, you know, they should really beat this team that's 100 times better than them. Well, I mean, they missed a, a couple of weeks for practicing and, you know, with Cam Newton and two days and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and their offensive line was beat up. But, you know, it's in the trenches, really. It's in the mindset of the trenches. And, you know, Lawrence Guy comes back. We got the, the offensive line running. We got Harry is probably pissed off. You know, he's trying to make a name for himself. And, I mean, Burkhead's always a hell of a player. I love him until he gets yeah. hurt. Um, and, you know, and they, you know, the rain, you know, who knows, you know, what, you know, what that did to to Baltimore in the fourth quarter with the the guy snapping the ball all over the field, you know, um, that's, that's why they play football. It's, it's a crazy game. Yeah. You know, and Chris Berman said that for years, Hey, this is why you play the the game. But like, to me, it was like. No Gilmore, Harry, I'm at the point of where I'm so sick of hearing how good he's going to be. Like, he stinks. You know, Brady can kiss his rear end on his way out all he wants. But, oh, how great you're going to be. He stinks. He's a pansy. And and, then Burkhead fits into the Welker, Woodhead, Edelman, uh, (laughs) Amendola, Hogan line of great white skill position players that the Patriots are the only ones that seem to find. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a nice list. <laughs> uh, see, look, you can put that in yours. What's Burkhead? 5-9? Best Patriots under 5-9. Woodhead, Welker, Edelman. <laughs> I think I actually did list the height and weight of people. Uh, that might be in my book, I think. I did list because Matt Cowan was 5'5". Five, five. Let's see if I had that in there. I think I did. Um, and, and the book Bob's talking be... about is the Relive Patriots history. It's the uh, update to Total Patriots um, that he did years ago. What is it? How old is Total Patriots now? Came out in 2009. Wow. So every 10 years we get another Bob Hilbert book on this, well, on this, this really. This... You know, this didn't really happen. I didn't really think I was going to do it again. But, um, I mean, the Patriots and, and the Patriots Hall of Fame actually hired me to to do something for a display they wanted at the Patriots Hall of Fame. Um, 
if I could find the hike and wait. It's in there somewhere. And um, so it took me about three years to take all my stats that were in different formats from Total Patriots, the 800-page book that I wrote in 2009, and Which put is it still in. On I my think it's 186 different categories of stats that I have, and put it into an Excel spreadsheet. And then from there, come up with all the updated stats that from 2009 to 2000, well, in this case, 19, um, yeah. and add stuff to that that was even more insanely detailed. Um, and it took about three years to do that. We finished that project in March of this year, and then COVID hit, and that guy's like, well... Uh, we don't need you now. It's done. And uh, so I took my friend that had all that stuff and helped me design it. And um, I said, well, we got another book here. You know, why not put all that stuff together that's in an interactive display at the Patriots Hall of Fame and and print it out and get it to people. So if they can't get to the Hall of Fame, which you can only do on weekends now, at least you got the book version of it. And then I added a whole bunch yeah. of other categories. Uh, and more stuff to kind of fill out the rest of the book. You know? um, yeah, and like the great thing about that is it's like, so I'm guessing they can take it and they can update it whenever, you know, every game basically for guys going forward. Yeah, they they do it with the NFL now. Now that I, you know, the toughest things for them is the 60s and 70s because no one's going to do that kind of work to look up all that yeah. stuff. So when I had it already for them, they said, all right, we'll just take the NFL stats that we get every day um, and just update it from there. So I had to do all the, the hard stuff, and now they're just taking it from here. Yeah. yeah, so, but, like, in that way, like, to be considered, like, I know Deuce is, you know, working on the pre and post and, and works for the team now. And, like, you know, like, that, this little community that we built over the last, since Total Patriots came out, since 2009, with me, you, Deuce, Glennon, you know, the, not the, you know, Michael Hollies of the world, not like the Felgers, not the, like, you know, this, this fan consortium of Patriot fans that are, are so passionate about this team that, you know, like I, I took my wife to the hall last year for the first time because we came up for the Giant game and she was like, she's a Giants fan, you know, like I've taken her yeah. to the Giants legacy thing at, at the stadium. And she just looked at me and she goes, Jesus Christ. Like, y'all knock this one out of the park like you do every other goddamn thing. But that's what the Patriots yep. is, and the Hall of Fame is that. And, you know, and I can't wait to get back up there again to go into the Hall, you know, COVID, so I can actually go to a game to do it and see this interactive thing. Like, I went to the same high school as Dwayne Sapp. So now you look oh, you at go. here's a 14 year old kid who's, or, yeah, 14 year old kid walking into high school. A Patriots fan. I walk down the damn hall into the um, the cafeteria, and there's a picture of a Patriot. Holy crap! You know. Yep. So, and it's so weird. Like, and that's the family that the Patriots are, right? Like, it, it like it almost feels family. Yeah, I mean, like, and that Hall of Fame is is won all kind of awards and they've spent millions and millions of dollars on it. And, and this mm -hmm. hall of fame display, they spent big bucks on, um, 
But it's pretty cool. I mean, when you walk in now, they give you that little EpiPen or whatever, and um, you know, the felt tip pen, whatever it is, and you go up on the third floor and you want to look up, you know, whatever you want to look up. I mean, there's 1,268 players, and I think 79 mm-hmm. of them played in one game, you know. Um, and I just found on page 79 the shortest players who have played for the Patriots. 5'5", five, five, Matt Caron, 5'7", Dave Meggett and Jamie Morris, and then a bunch of guys 5'8", including Kevin Park, Tim Dwight, Dion Lewis, and then a bunch of defensive backs and Leon Washington. So 5'9", didn't make the list, only 5'8". You know? <laughs> what was Woodhead? I thought he was like 5'2". No, I love Danny. Uh, let's see. I got the book right here. Woodhead. Um, no, five five was the smallest. Um, a yeah. guy back in the seventies. Well, I was kidding about five two with Woodhead. I knew but he wasn't no, that he, short. He is tiny. He, he, his all is that um, famous video where he was in a store and he was acting like a. He's. I got him as five nine, two hundred pounds. Yeah. Um, I never would have you know, guessed him. He was a worker there, nine. and they didn't recognize him, you know. And he'd already scored five touchdowns for the Patriots, and he oh, was that was that Modell commercial. And Modell, right? something that like Mo- that. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah. I got him at five eight. Yeah, whatever. We're we're really like yeah. oh, short pulling hairs. It all depends on how how tall his hair was that day. That's it. You know <laughs> how much he wanted. To- Stand up on his toes, but yeah, five eight, five nine, whatever. I mean, they exaggerate or under exaggerate those numbers all over the place, anyways. You know, but oh, yeah. Well, the only one that's official is the one from the combine. That's the only one that's official. That's the one where you get yeah. he's uh, six foot three and four four fifteen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Five sixteenths. It's like what do you, we're not ordering a piece of wood here, you know? It's like yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so. This is a labor of love for you. Like, there's yeah, no I mean, way you that, could put together this. I mean, I just saw a guy just did a review of my book just a half hour ago, and he says mm-hmm. he has 60 books on the history of, of pro football, and he's read them all, and he actually wrote a book about the kicking game, you know, and how it all started. And he runs a kicking school up here in Marblehead. And mm-hmm. he says the amount of information in this book, no NFL franchise will ever have and no one's going to put the time in that I did to to get as minutely detailed of everything of every player I mean one of my obscure stats is this guy Nate Dorsey and his claim to fame is that he tackled OJ Simpson for a one yard loss limiting OJ Simpson to only 250 yards in a game against the Patriots (laughs) I mean how obscure is that (laughs) that's like Rudy that's like one of those things where it's like, oh, what are you known for? And I came on the field in the fourth quarter and with 20 seconds to go and got a sack. And then I yeah, had a crappily like made movie that takes a lot of yeah. liberties about the truth of it. Um, how so? How long? So you said how long this year t- this book took? And that's just like pulling everything together because of the pa- but it was be- basically because the Hall of Patriot plays. Patriots Hall of Fame comes to you. Put it, put it yeah. together, but yeah, because they know yeah. that you have everything at that point. 
Yeah, because, I mean, I, we went back and forth, and, you know, we had it, and they, how about this and what about that, you know, and let's break it to that into another category. So I got, like, 12 different categories of fumble recoveries. I was like, holy shit, you know, really? <laughs> you know? Uh, fumble yeah. recoveries after an interception, fumble recoveries after a sack, fumble recoveries over an offensive lineman, you know, whatever, you know, just uh, whatever. I mean, it's just Can you insane, do work but, with Stats Inc. on that one? No, like, no. Who do you go no. to for the stats? I actually create them a lot. I mean, I have the play-by-play of every game of every uh, since day one, so I can look up every play and every game. And um, when I was for 13 years, I actually worked in the Patriots press room for their home games. So mm-hmm. if I had some stuff that I needed to look up, I would give it to them, and they would send it to the Elias Sports Bureau, and they would confirm it. So that helped okay. because they would send it from their name because it's the you know the they pay big bucks to the Elias Sports Bureau to get all that information. So. Oh yeah, you know, and they yeah, send it yeah, to I them agree. rather than me sending it to them. And I send it to them. They're like, "Who are you? You know, you got to pay for the service." You know, mm-hmm. but um, having having that back door that you know that way we could verify that the stats I had were correct. Or for that for that matter, they'd be like, "Wow, where'd this guy come from to find that? We 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 didn't even know that even existed. That kind of stat even existed." You know, you know, and that's the funny thing with like. You know, even that stuff, like, you sit there and watch a game, like, and, and I do this, too. Like, I know I do this, and I'm sure you do, too. And it's like, the stats they find out are so cherry-picked. Like, what's this guy's, yeah. what's his quarterback's record in games at 37 degrees after it snowed three days before, you know, like, and there's a full yeah. moon. And it's like, who the, who thinks it is crap? Yeah, there are, there are, I mean, I'm not a geek like that, you know, to <laughs> that extent. I know, right? Um, but, I mean, it, it's it's fun. I mean, it paid off one time. Um, we're playing the, the, the Cleveland Browns, and we had to recover an onside kick and go down the field and score with like 30 seconds and we actually did and we won the game like 12 seconds left and a pass in the end zone so yeah. uh, I'm in the press room and uh, Goskowski kicks it and we recover the onside kick so everyone's all the reporters are like hey they recovered when was the last time they recovered an onside kick and I was like well it was against the Cleveland Browns in a playoff game oh yeah 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 you know all the words get spread out and everyone's screaming and typing yeah. and there's 30 seconds left, and then we score the touchdown, and then they all turn to me and say, hey, didn't they lose that game, the Cleveland Browns? Yes, we did lose that game. Well, has it ever happened that the Patriots have actually ever recovered an onside kick and won the game? I said, oh, man, where's my book? So we ended up sending an intern to the office and getting my book, and we looked it up, and it happened in 1964 once at Boston College against the Jets. They all typed it. They all gave me credit. I was on USA Today and ESPN and Fox, you know, according to mm-hmm. historian Bob, you know, they found this, this is the second time it's happened in whatever, 53 years or something. So that's the one time it actually paid off for me, you know. You know, but like that's one of those things where it's like you always wonder who that guy in the press box is giving out those stats. And now yeah. we know up in New England it was you. Um Sometimes. Yeah. I'm sure you like that one better than taking pictures of every play. 
Yeah, I mean, the, um, I figured I've taken over. I mean, I, I don't do that anymore. They've replaced us with uh, video now. But uh, for 13 years, I figured I took over 100,000 pictures of plays, you know, in a game, which is insane. I mean, to look back and, and to see what I did out there in the weather and having six layers of clothes on and two pairs of gloves and heat warmers and um, but I was like, how many people are actually doing this? I mean, most of the guys that were on the team, they didn't want to be out there. They'd rather be on the computer. They were all, you know, in their 30s and 40s, and here I am, 50, and now I'm over 60. You know, I'm the oldest guy on, on the whole stat team. They all could be my sons, and I'm out there like, give me that, give me that camera. I'm out there. Let's go. You know, I loved every minute of it. You know. <laughs> um. So the new book has what you have in there, the greatest game of every Patriots head coach. I don't yeah, have so one ask about Belichick. Be, I wanted to be creative about that. So, so, you know, I got all the stats from all the players, which is fine. You know, I mean, if yeah. the guy had, you know, six touchdown passes, he caught two from Eason, he caught three from Grogan, whatever, you know. You know, I get detailed into that. But I said, well, I mean, that's – that's okay, but I want to have some stuff that maybe is controversial or people can talk about it or mm-hmm. people like, is that what he thinks? Man, that, that's not even close. I wouldn't have, I would have thought this game or that game. You know? so, See, I, mean, like, I, have, I can go back. I, as a fan, go back go to Parcells. Like, I go back to okay. Parcells. So I got Parcells, Pete, and Bill. Right. I... I, I didn't even want to bring up Bill because I I think I could I couldn't name I couldn't put twenty games together and then rank them, you know, like because of the success that Bill's had. Like how many wins is Bill up to now as a Patriot head coach? Almost two hundred, over two hundred. Yeah, something right, right in that range. Yeah. But there's like some losses in there that I would put too. The Kansas City game in fourteen, the on to Cincinnati game. Like that to me may be one of his best games. It's like I could tell the media exactly what I think of him. And then Parcells, you know, like Parcells is probably, you know, like I think you learn, you know, and and lucky enough I'm down in New York, so I get to listen to, you know, New York media. And it's like, I think the Buccaneers game that Joe Judge lost is the best job he's done all year. And that's with that team now winning three games. But that loss was the game that proved to him, oh, crap, we can hang. Right. What did you put for Bill, for Parcells, as his greatest game? Well, it was I put down when he just let Drew throw it. He said, hey, we're losing to the Minnesota Vikings 20-3. to yeah. Just get out there and just wing it, you know, and just let Drew be Drew. And, he, you know, he – um, threw for 70, uh, threw 70 passes, completed 45 of them, didn't throw any interceptions, and they came back and went in overtime. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they, that put us on the map. You know, and they says, "Hey, we got something here with Drew and and uh, the rest of the team," and gave him some confidence to to move forward. See, I, I you know, it's, it, here you go. Now, see, this is where me and you are on the same page because I thought of that game and me like immensely. I thought against that, yep. that game where it was Marino and Drew toe-to-toe. Granted, Marino was 10 years into his career at that point. 
But the game where Marino right. and Drew went toe to toe, and you went, wow, you know, that was when I was like, oh, Bledsoe's <laughs> pretty damn good. Um, and then sure. I go back to my first Giant game, or yeah, my first Patriot game. Luckily enough, they played the Giants, and it was here. And you know, my dad's a Giant season ticket holder, so I got to go. Um, I the the, the mega push, the Ben Coates push, Megan into the end zone. Um, yeah, right. That to yep. me, you know, I, that's one of those ones yeah, that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember my dad going, ah, I, I don't think this is your game, your day, son. It's amazing how we always play the Giants so damn close, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, make it at a yeah, punt return for a touchdown in that game too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I look at that, like, and in, in, in for Pete Carroll, nothing stands out to me. Yeah, the Pete Carroll was kind of interesting because he was up and down. I mean, so the game that I put in there was when Scott Zolek was the quarterback. And that was the only um, one I could think of. <laughs> when and and we're playing against Steve Young and Jerry Rice, and nope. Willie McKay, Willie uh, Big Play, Mc, uh, Billy Willie Clay, uh, nickname of Big Play Willie Clay, got an interception mm-hmm. and they they come down and kick a field goal and and beat San Francisco in uh, the December of '98. But um, the interesting thing about that game is that. I get to the game and uh, I went to the will call because someone left me two tickets and and the buddy that uh, invited calls me and says I'm not coming so now I'm at the will call and and you know two hours before the game so I said well I got next ticket who can I call so I called a friend of mine and he brought his 12 year old son he lived about a half hour away mm-hmm. and I'm like uh, I only got one ticket. And he's like well can't we sneak him in you know he's like he's only 12 and I was like. No, this is not Schaefer Stadium where there's no seats and you can kind of get by and pay the guy twenty bucks and look the other way. This is this is yeah. this is still you know this is still Foxborough Stadium, but still. Yeah. Um, so I bowed out. I said, "You take your son," and I went across the street and hung out with uh, Fred Smurls and Glenn Ordway and some of the radio guys, and and they were nice to me because they knew me, and I mm. kind of just to hang out. And after the game, I was on the radio talking about the game and so I had a blast watching the game with those guys smoking a cigar and my friend mm-hmm. took his son and it worked out fine but uh, yeah. uh, I didn't mention that in the book but uh, but that was a <laughs> memorable moment for me like what the hell are you bringing a 12 year old son what am I going to do now <laughs> but I you know, it's it, like, you know? well that's when you find you know, somebody who's got a single in the parking lot and just try to um, yeah, well, worked worked out a different way, but that's fine. Yeah, well, yeah. Hey, hey, whatever, whatever works for you, the best. You know, here's yep. the funniest thing. Like, I think the, the 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 generation of fans, the pre Tom Brady fans, I think we understood that hey, this doesn't last forever. We were we were the Jets once, <laughs> and um, yeah, right. You know, like. And, and, and like, I, I used to say that to people, too, and I, I don't know if you have, but it was like, yeah, we don't get one, it was great. And then you go into a, you know, an AFC championship game with Austin Colley and, and Matt Slater catching passes, and you go, all right, yeah, right, we need to start drafting a little bit better at wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. 
And then, you know, but, you know, that's like one of those things where, you know, do you only have one for Belichick? Like, that's where I'm, I, I don't want to ask the question. It's like asking, you know, a model, like, oh, who's your, what's your favorite thing? You know, it's like, oh, what was your favorite? It's like asking what your favorite kid is. What did you put for Belichick? Uh, well, I had to put a Super Bowl game. And it wasn't the first one. It was the fifth one that they beat Atlanta 28-3, you know, yeah. that game. Yeah. Because you know, right, everyone, everyone's still wearing those shirts 28-3, to three, three minutes left in the third quarter, you know. So I had the that flag. was a 1,000-to-1 shot, you know. Yeah, I, I, I wish legalized sports betting was allowed in New Jersey at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Only imagine how much money I would have won on that game. Because that was one of those games where you just would have been like, all right, if they're plus 500 or plus 1,000, you know, all right. Yeah. You know, at 20 bucks, wins you a couple hundred, you know. It's kind it's, of... It's, uh, it's just one of those. So things. I, I use like, that. I use that game a lot. I, I'm actually into kind of a leadership coaching now, and and dealing mm-hmm. with people's mindset and and what their thoughts, you know, drive their beliefs, and their beliefs drive their attitudes, and their attitudes give their actions and give you certain results. So, you know, I break it down, and you know, Muhammad Nasu Sanu is on the on Atlanta sidelines, and even though they're up 28 to three, he's, he's looking over there and says, "They got Tom Brady." And, so at that time, you know, they were Brady was already in his head, even though they were already up by, you know, a huge score, you know, and you know, laser focus and all that stuff with Edelman and all that kind of stuff, and they just made play after play after play and didn't make any mistakes, and Atlanta just collapsed and haven't been the same since. I I, I looked at Atlanta this way, and the AFC South, and I you know I've been doing this show for since Total Patriots came out since two thousand nine. And I look at Atlanta as one of these things, and I look at the AFC South in this way. Until the Saints kind of took a stranglehold on that a couple years ago in that division. That was always like, you win it one year, you lose it. You know, you win it one year, you go to last place. You win it one year, you go to second place. And the fourth place team picks it. It's like all they did was like, you know, like if you look at the, the AFC South champion since like 2008, right? nobody except for the Saints now, have had a run like that, you know, like where it's like, oh, we can, you know, nobody's having the Patriot run. No. No. You know, but like. But to to have that consistency and to have that, you know. Yeah. Just 20 years. I mean, I mean, you go back. I mean, the last time what the Jets won. Um, anything was five decades ago, you know. I know. I still ask my father-in-law, who's a Jets fan. I ask him how the. Um, I could see my wife just starting to cringe as I say the following. How was it watching Leave It Beaver after the Super Bowl ended? Um, you know, it was did, did you have the Last Supper before the game? Um, yeah, right. But like that's the way it is. It's like every team in that division since 2002, when the division started, every team has won, and it's like Tampa Bay, Carolina, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Carolina, New Orleans, Atlanta, New Orleans, Atlanta, Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans. But New Orleans is now has a stranglehold on it, just like Carolina did, like for a three-year yep. stretch when 
you know, Cam Newton was there. But that's because they all stunk. And and right, right. Sean Payne and Drew Brees are the, the, the best regular season coaches I've ever seen. I mean, there was a year where seven eight like everybody's up in arms about the NFC East, but you had a seven eight and one team win a wild card game. You know, win. Um, yep. For me, like if I had to rank Belichick's twenty, like Belichick, legitimately, you could do because he's the longest tenured head coach in Patriot history. He's the longest. He's the, obviously the winningest head coach in Patriots history because without him, we're still probably an under 500 franchise. <laughs> you oh, know, no, no question. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's amazing how one guy can change an entire perception. You know, like people still talk about Lou Holtz, like, you know, he's still the coach of Notre Dame and it's Brian Kelly's been there for 11 years. He's one of the, you know, winning his coach is there, but it's, he's not one. Right. That's right. You, know, yep. you could be there for a long time. You have to win. Um, yeah, take the, take the title. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have to win the championship for that. Um, That's right. Like I, I think of in this run, uh, you know, since 2001, right. It starts with Bledsoe getting hurt. Right. You know, then you had to bury the ball game. Right. And then, you know, David Patton catching the same touchdown in the end zone in two straight games in the AFC championship game and then the Super Bowl. Right. Um, What do you, if you were to, how many for this run? Like, I'm sure you did it by decade, right? Or by, because you can't do it by season or in franchise history. Well, I mean, I do have at the end of the book is uh, the the roster um, and record of every team, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the interesting thing about that is that if the guy played on offense and defense, I lift, you know, it's listed by position. So there are some guys that played wide receiver and defensive back in the same year, that kind of stuff, you know, like Troy Brown or whatever. But um, Julian, yeah, yeah, Julian. It's funny, like, uh, that started with Parcells, because Parcells used to do that with the Giants. Jeff Hostetler was catching passes for that 86 Giant team. Like, he was a wide receiver for them, too, in in addition to being the third-string quarterback, when teams actually used to dress three. Um, And and that's the thing the Patriots do. They get versatile players. They get intelligent players. They can play – in multiple positions in multiple situations and and you know if it's a undrafted uh, player like Malcolm Butler or, or uh, you got a guy that's the sixth round like or for that matter I think Troy Brown was the last guy uh, in the eighth round they stopped having eighth round uh, draft picks the year after he was drafted and it's now seven rounds mm-hmm. but um, so he's done bell done better sometimes after the fifth round than he has in the first couple rounds uh, uh, at least in the last 10 years anyways. But, I mean, who knows? This Harris guy might turn into something. He's had some good games this year, and and uh, Duggar was all over the field um, Yeah. the other game. So, you know, these guys get a tendency of getting hurt. But Yeah. You who know, knows? Jacoby Myers, who was a guy who last year in the preseason was like, all right, maybe we got something here. Maybe he is like the heir apparent to the Julian Edelman. You know, former quarterback, 
knows yeah. the offense, knows where to go, knows what a quarterback's looking for. Um, that was a hell of a pass, too. Yeah, yeah it was a great throw. You know, yeah. it's funny, like, you could tell he had, like, where, like, when you have, like, guys who didn't play quarterback at, like, a high level. Like, Jarvis Landry could throw the ball. Odell Beckham can throw the ball, but they're not making reads. You know, right. like, where Jules and, and, and you know, Jacoby Myers, they threw that ball. Per- like, Jules' ball that Danny Amendola in 14 in, in the um, divisional round against Baltimore. That's a great throw. Right. Yeah. Um, right there. Yep. Stride. Yeah. Stride. Stride. Yep. And then we got, you know, obviously have to get a mice, you know, because, you know, he threw one freaking pass. Um, but, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like where you look at, like, Newton, where Cam Newton needs a guy to be completely open to throw the ball. He threw he threw Burkhead open. And he put that ball right. exactly where he needed to. Um, on the For the greatest plays in, in, his, in franchise history that you have in the book, I have. I, I just want to know where this play stands. Thanks to our friends okay. at Ninety Five Sports Hub. Brady's in the gun. Bolt into his left. He's got the who man on the right wing with Dobson to the right. Collie and Tompkins left. Brady throws it to the end zone for Kendrell Tompkins leaping. He's got it. Touchdown! Kendrell Tompkins. Brady's back. That's your quarterback. Where does that play rank? Well, uh, the interesting thing about that from a personal standpoint is I had a buddy of mine who goes to some events here and there. He's a a big shot salesman. And um, so we got tickets. He took one of his clients to that game. And Mm -hmm. he's at the 10-yard line right in that corner of the end zone. And we're losing. So he wants to get out of there so we can take his buddy and – and, you know, get some more drinks somewhere else. So they leave the stadium with, like, five minutes left. Oh, man. And they're at the bar, and as they get to the bar, they see it on TV. So I'm, you know, doing my stuff in the computer, and i you know, watching the game from, from where I am, taking a camera, and I go in and I call him, and I said, Corey, that's unbelievable. It was right in front of you. He says, no, it isn't. I said, what do you mean? He said, I'm on a bar across the street. We left five minutes early. That's right. Are you kidding me? That's like one of the greatest plays in the history of all time. It was right in your lap, and you weren't there to see it. You're a loser. And you think about it, like that's like the same. That's like, that's what 2013, right? So that's after yeah. the marathon. That's after the Bruins have the the three goal comeback against T- Toronto in the third period, and game yep. seven. You know, at that point, you would think, and this is why, like, it drives me nuts when people leave games. Like, yeah. You don't know what you're gonna, what can happen. You know, you want to leave with five seconds left, and your team's down twenty points. All right, I get it. Yeah, and you're not going anywhere, anyways. Yeah, for two yeah, hours. Especially there. Yeah, especially oh, there. Yeah, July. Yeah. No, I, I. You know what? I, 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 I start parking in that hour and a half lot. I, I'll sit there for the hour and a half. Right. But uh, yeah, so the main that that's one of the lists of you know one of the greatest plays and. And certainly one of the most clutch plays. Um, and I was going to have a section of all the, the best announces, you know, the best quotes of the radio guys or the TV guys. 
yeah. and that would have been in the book because that's 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 the greatest quote that Zoe's ever had, you know. Um, <laughs> Which we still bring up, like even when uh, Mike yeah. Tomlin couldn't figure out the he was getting the radio call, and it's like I think Toucher and Rich did the show bonus, show ponies, unicorns. Who the hell? What? Yeah. Um, so, um, I, but I, well, I, I just couldn't like, get I couldn't get the other ones to match up with it, you know. So, um, so I, I didn't put it in there. But um, that was one thing I wanted to do is to put that that quote in there somehow. And um, you know, with uh, you know Gil Santos, it's good, it's good, it's good. You know, when they beat the Rams and all that stuff. So, um, but I just couldn't come up with some of the other guys, so I left it out. Did I lose you? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just a little technical thing that I'm dealing with here over here. Um but though like I, I think the biggest thing, like, if you look at like really the Patriots have had Gil and Gino, Gil Gino and Zoe, and now Sochi and Zoe. How many other broadcasters everyday broadcasters? I don't count like the Don Cricky years of calling games on, you know, TV for the preseason because they're, you know, they're hired guns. They come in and do whatever. Well, I mean, the interesting, I have every game that I could find that was on TV and who the national announcers were for every game. Oh, wow. So in the sixties, we weren't on TV that much, but, you know, so every Monday night game, you could look up every Monday night game and, you know, when Howard Cosell was there and when, when he wasn't and when O.J. Simpson was there or or uh, Dennis Miller or Coinheiser or whoever those guys, Gruden, you know. Um, yeah. um, but, you know, all the NBC guys, all the CBS guys, all the Fox guys, and that was kind of fun to look up that kind of stuff and see some names that uh, – well, I forgot that that guy even did a couple of games, you know, Hank Stram or, you know, some of the guys that um, were coaches and became announcers uh, later on, Len, Lenny Dawson and guys like that. But, but yeah, Jerry Glanville, and, you know, when he did some of those games. So that was kind of fun to put that together. Yeah, like outside of, like, you know, how many, like, how many Madden Madden games, Madden games did, they have? did they have? How many what? How many, How many um, um, summer all Madden, Madden games did they have? Except for like the Super Bowl. All right, I, I didn't get that question. How many? Oh. Like how many games yeah. of summer all and Madden did they have in their? Oh, summer tenure? all Madden. Okay, um, that's a good question. Madden was there for a while. Um, I don't think Summerall did too many games, actually. Because uh, was that that would have been CBS, probably, right? Would have been either CBS or Fox. I know. Fox, yeah. I'm looking at them now. Fox, what do we got here? Uh, Summerall Madden, yeah. We got the uh, Super Bowl game. And I think that's it. I think they just did the one game. Because Summerall was was mostly on CBS um, back in the day, 
and we didn't really, you know, with Tom Bookshire and all those guys way back in the 70s and stuff. Yeah, I don't think Summerall's in here too much. Just that Rams game. It's a good question. But I get all kind of top ten lists and all kind of fun stuff, nicknames. Um, we had a, we have a lot of plays that actually were born outside of uh, the United States too, you know. Yeah, like Germany, I, I, the main, I, Nigeria, well, and places like that. Yeah. Yeah, like the main guy I think about when when I hear that is Ballmer. Who else? How many other players are there? Well, let me look up some of them. I'm around. See how many times he shows up in the book here. But, you know, I got anything that's, you know, I mean, I got field goal attempts that hit the crossbar and were no good. Who's who's going to have that, you know? <laughs> well, that's nobody. You know? Um, missed, extra, mixed, missed field goals that were returned, you know? Um Returns of free free kicks after a safety, you know. Um, you know, um, laterals after an interception, you know that kind of stuff. Or fumble recoveries after an interception, lateral. You know, I think they had one against the the uh, Steelers one time. You know, where the Antoine L had an interception and then lateral to somebody else and he fumbled it and we recovered it and stuff. You know, so. All right, so we got uh, 75, Pat Summerall and Brooke, Tom Brookshire. We got one there, Brookshire in 1980. John Madden, oh, he did, uh, Summerall and Madden did a game, the Packers in 97. That was, that was the Super Bowl game. So, yeah, so he only, only did two games, the two Super Bowls, Green Bay and the Rams. That's amazing. Like, even with that team being that good, at that point, you you would have thought they would have at least been the Fox game once. Yeah. Like if they were playing an NFC team that was any good. Like that, that, that Niners game you were talking about. You would have thought that that could have been possibly one of those games. Now that, you know, because of what they used to do. Right. No, they've only did the, the two Super Bowl games together. How about that? Like growing up, like in New York, like you always, I thought the Giant, I thought Summerall and Madden called every Giant game there was. Well, they probably got the big ratings, you know. I mean, I mean, the Patriots yeah. really didn't turn anything until you know Brady showed up. I mean, even in in '98, I mean, we got Scott, Scott Zolak. He's going to get some ratings. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. 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 He had like three yeah, good games in his career with us. Yeah. yeah. But. Yeah, no, it's it, that stuff's like, you know, because they weren't on Monday Night Football all that much. They were on Sunday Night Football once in a while. They were on Sunday Night Football on TNT most of the time. It wasn't even like you got to the when ESPN did the other half of the season and then finally took it over. Um, you know, um, you know, I'm sure like Sims and Nance and Sims and Gumble and you know now Nance and Romo. 
have done right. yeah, tonic. They're, they're, they're in here like, a lot, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but we got, you know, Solomon Wilcox, you know, and those kind of guys. They did a lot of games when we went that good, you know. And, Kevin Harlan. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, Greg Dumble did a bunch of games with us. Um, yeah. Bird and Lundquist. Yeah, who else? Um, Steve Tasker. Craig James Nothing. actually was a play-by-play for one game with us, you know. Dan Deardorff was in a bunch of games. And we got Phil Sims all over the place and Dan Fouts, you know. Yeah, well. And I got a chance to meet, that was, meet some of those guys a couple of times. Yeah. yeah, I remember once I met him. It was a year Collinsworth worked with Fox. And, um, you know, I just remember, like, we were sitting there, we were BSing with Troy Aikman and Pam Oliver. And, um, you know, Collinsworth walks by, and I just, because he, I, I, you know, Collinsworth is great, but he's just got that dry personality. And I just, you know, smart ass that I was at like 20 years old. <laughs> hey, Chris, why the long, you know, hey, Chris, why the long face? And Troy Aikman almost peed himself. <laughs> I've never seen, <laughs> I, he goes, he looks at Pam Oliver. She's cracking up. Aikman's dying laughing. He goes, is he looking? I said, why? He goes, I don't want him to see that I'm laughing at it. <laughs> <laughs> I was so like, I made, a pro, down, yeah. I made a pro football Hall of Famer laugh his balls off, um, which was great. But, you know, it's just because I'm a smart ass. Um, That's a good. <laughs> um not to keep you any longer, and thank you for all your time. The book is Relive Patriots History. You can buy it on Amazon. Where else can you buy it from? Uh, if they want an autographed copy, just uh, go to Bob the Statman on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so add Bob the Statman, and, you know, just direct message me. And I had a guy this, this morning, actually, from Costa Rica, said, I want uh-huh. a copy, and, you know, I'll, I'll pay whatever it takes to get the book here to Costa Rica, you know. So uh, you know, you never know where they're where they're reaching out or hearing or seeing uh, what I'm doing out here. I mean, um, I mean, I get friends from all different kind of fan clubs all across the world, and the guys in the United Kingdom are going crazy over this. Uh, they 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 bought it on Amazon, and um, you know they usually come out every couple of years, and I've had a chance to meet some of those guys. And, uh, so, you know, you buy it in the UK or Japan or Australia or wherever Amazon sold, and uh, leave a good review, and off we go. Yeah. Um, if is there one moment in Patriot history that you may have like not witnessed and heard about, like the next day? Um. Well, there was um, – when I put stuff out there, especially in the last week or two, I've been putting things on Facebook and Instagram and, and Twitter, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen, the craziest play, the most memorable play, and things like that. And some of these I remember, and some of them I was there, and some of them I don't. But some of the feedback that you get from – especially back in the the 70s when either they were at Harvard Stadium in 1970 or even the games in the – in uh, Monday night, the first Monday night game in 72, um, Upton Bell, whose father, Brett Bell, was the commissioner of the NFL, and he became the general manager of the Patriots for a couple of years. And 
that Monday night, first Monday night game against the Colts, they had over 250 people arrested for drunken, disorderly conduct. And um, I didn't really know that because I was at the game, but I was 14. So um, <laughs> but I didn't hear about it until many years later. But uh, they ran out of jail spaces in all the towns. So they just handcuffed these people to a chain link fence. Um, and they just slept over the night because they couldn't put them in a hotel. They just put them down on the ground and handcuffed them, put a blanket over them, and said, you guys sleep it off, and when you wake up, let us know, and we'll just let you guys go, you know? Uh, so, I mean, there's crazy things like that happen. Um, yeah, it's amazing, like, how, like, just the stories of – Foxborough, Sullivan, Schaefer Stadium are just like lore. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they threw beer at Howard Cosell, and they threw – there was one play that that I uh, discovered and didn't know it happened. It was the same game. It, there was um, – Don Nottingham was running for a touchdown, and as he was running for a touchdown, the guys – all the drunks in the end zone or in the five-yard line, they started throwing things during the play, and the referees blew the whistle during the play and prevented and voided the touchdown because they were feared for their safety because the, the referees and umpires didn't have any helmets of protection. And, and they just said, nope, play over, start all over again, and you know go back to whatever the five-yard line. And the next play, the Patriots stopped them, and Baltimore had to kick a field goal instead. But, um, you know... Things like that, you know, um, I think Mike Curtis laid out a guy when he was with the Baltimore Colts in, in a game, and a guy ran on the field, and Mike Curtis just laid him out. <laughs> and they <laughs> come out with a stretcher and take the guy away, you know. It's like, hey, we're playing a game here, you know. You want to run on the field in the middle of play? Uh, I don't think so, you know. So a lot of those kind of crazy stories. Yeah, you know, it's like the uh, the snowplow game. You know, that's got that's one of the most memorable games in Patriot history. It was until you know the latest run. Um, yeah. Well, they talk God, about Doug Flutie got a lot of uh, nominations too for his drop kick. Yeah. And you know Edelman's catch, you know, uh, in the Super Bowl off the guy's knee and that kind of stuff. Or, um, you know, I caught it, I caught it, I caught it. So that was that got a lot of nominations and. And even though Gronk's gone, a lot of people still remember some of the Gronk plays that he made. Yeah. As you say it, like, you know, you could just see, like, them coming back in your head. Like, was it the Kansas City Monday night game where he did the flip and went ass over tea kettle? Yeah. Um, Which is funny with that picture because somehow, someway, somebody that was in the picture is no longer there. Uh, He's been kind of scrubbed from the memory bank a little bit. Um, Yeah, right. But that guy, he he made the book. I'm guessing. Oh yeah, yeah. If he if he, if, if he made the game, if you played in the game, you're in here. You know. Oh yeah. Chico. There's an, there's an asterisk next to him. Chico should still be playing with them, or maybe not. I don't know. I don't know if he would have played. That's ten years ago, but yeah. It feels like you know that's amazing. Like that that whole thing, like his. Arrest was seven years ago, and like he was drafted ten years ago. Um, but um, you can follow Bob on uh, the Twitter on as uh, Bob the Statman. And if you want during Patriot games, Bob is a wealth of knowledge that you're not going to see on CBS or Fox or ESPN or whoever else covers NFL games now. Um, 
What else do you have in store? Any uh, book signings coming up? I'm sure with COVID, it's not the easiest thing to do. No, everything is on Zoom nowadays. So, you know, I'm still doing um, and we're doing podcasts like this and radio broadcasts. And I got three of them lined up tomorrow. So it's just a matter of getting the name out there and and getting that we got an updated version with a whole bunch of new stuff and even for, you know, more you know, unique items that you never thought even happened. But when you look at it and say, oh, I remember that guy, I remember that game, I remember, you know, we got all the top five weather games, whether it's the snowiest, the foggiest, the rainiest, the coldest, the warmest, you know, all that kind of stuff, uh, all, all kind of fun stuff like that. All right, Bob, thanks for joining We'll have to do this again. Um, I can't wait to get my copy of the book. I have to send you some money there to get you to do it. Uh, he is Bob the Statman, Bob Hildberg. The, are you the official historian of the Patriots yet, or am I just calling you that because it sounds good? Well, I don't know anyone's ever, ever claimed that title. You know, the Herald is, Boston Herald has named me. The Boston Globe has said that I am. Um, I've filled in. They've called me numerous times to look up stuff that they don't want to spend the time looking up. But I don't know if that's an official title. But I mean, now that I've spent three years putting something together for their all-time roster in the Patriots Hall of Fame, um, I don't know who else they go to to get that information. But it's not their official title. But other reputable organizations and newspapers have called me that, so I'm taking it. Did you get a ring for working for them? I did not, no. Uh, I'm only a part-time employee, you know. you got to be there full-time, you know. Oh. They were all 80, 80 hours a week or whatever that they do during the, during the season. <laughs> so, But uh, but friends of mine have it, and I've, you know, I've seen them. And, you know, it's it's yeah. magnificent. It's unbelievable. They they weigh like 10 pounds and, you know, oh, they got ridiculous. their initials or whatever, whatever they, you know, do, the x-ray technician or the secretary or whatever, you know. And, you know, they have their initials in there and, and the job that they did. And so it's it's pretty impressive what they do for their for their people. But it's, working for them is a, is a two full-time jobs every week. It's, it's a um, you got to really love it. And I love what I do here, but it's uh, just a different vein. You know, I reach out to the fans and try to get them to be even more educated than the best fans that they are in the world and then the most passionate. And and some of the people that are out there, especially people, you know, my age, 50, 60, 70, they are just going nuts about this book because it's, it's just brings back so many names and so many memories of, Whoever it was, I mean, even Boomer Boomer Esai was on the radio this morning talking about the rain game, and he talked about a game that uh, he played uh, the Jets and the Patriots in '93, and that game is in my book. And it's like, thanks, Boomer, for mentioning, you know. So, uh, so he's a good guy. Yeah, I've met him a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 the grace he has, and every with everything that's going on with Gunner and and everything, and he's one of the best. Uh, yeah, he's one of the best. He really is. Like I, I have nothing but respect for Boomer, other than the fact that he's a Ranger fan. That's the only problem I have ever had with Boomer Esiason. <laughs> he's a big Ranger fan times ten. Yeah. Huge Ranger fan, yeah. Huge oh, for him. Yeah. I actually met him at a Ranger game fifteen years ago now. I guess hey, nicest guy in the world. Cool. Great guy. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. But Bob, thank you. Um, enjoy it. Let me know All everything's right. I appreciate going. Appreciate being we'll on. Do this and... Again, pal. 
Yeah, but maybe we'll uh, we'll touch base some more. I mean, I mean, I don't anticipate them doing much this year. If they make the playoffs, it's a bonus. Um, I'm liking to see some of these guys make a name for himself, and and I mean, J.C. Jackson's going to get a big payday coming down the road, you know. So uh, good for him, you know. Yeah, it's Bill. He won't pay him. He'll be a giant or something. No, he won't. He'll he'll go somewhere else yeah. and get it. But but. Uh, and then they all stink, right? Well, Asante Samuel. I bring him up all the time as that guy. Oh, my God. Just catch that pass. Oh, you know, yeah, it hits you between the twos. It hits, it yeah. hits the damn word mark on the jersey. Oh, man. We could legit, like, we could legitimately like, do this for hours, you know, and, and just reminisce and, and all that stuff with the Patriots. And we should at some point, but I don't want to do that to you tonight. <laughs> That's all right. We'll do it. But that's what this book is all about. We live in Patriots history as reliving the not so glorious, although there's, you know, you'll have to kind of read in between the lines to find those Asante Samuel moments in there. But most of my stuff is either so obscure that it's kind of makes you laugh or it brings it up or some of the moments that just like, wow, I remember that and uh, the snowplow game or, um, or whatever, you know, stories we've already talked about before, but, you know, or, uh, you know, Tyron Poole or uh, Woodhead, you know, just guys like that. These are like Jarvis Green. I mean, you name it. Irving Fryer. I mean, just any page I'm just flipping at. You know, Sam Cunningham and just this fun stuff everywhere you go. What is your favorite game in Patriot history? I, I think that Baltimore game, that playoff game that you mentioned earlier, we were down two scores twice, you know. Um, yeah. That was pretty thrilling. That, that, that place was rocking. Um, another game that I really just have fond memories is um, the Tennessee Titans game in 2004 when it was, you know, five below zero, you know. Because you didn't, no one sat down. I mean, you were up the whole game and everyone was screaming the whole game, just trying to keep warm. And, uh, <laughs> A lot of whiskey stuff um, that you like that day. But, uh, you know, so I, and I went with a buddy of mine that I've known since 12 years old, and he's the one that brought his son, you know, mm-hmm. uh, six years before then. So we've we've got a couple of special memories, and that's one of them that as we get older, we like, yep, we were there st- standing in sleeping bags the whole game and and uh, drinking Uzi and uh, some, some rum just to keep warm, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my 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 favorite one is is Super Bowl thirty six. It's it's yeah. the first one. Yeah. It's you know I I heard somebody calling the post game show last night and said oh when we lost to the Rams and you know that Sunday night game in two thousand one I thought hey we got a chance against this team yeah. and I was like I don't know if I thought that and then I think. You know, I just think it's 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 if you're a Patriot fan, the first one's the best one because it's you know that's the one. If we never won another one, that was the first one. And for good yeah, for us, we that, won that a was shocking. And, that was you were holding your breath yeah. pretty much the whole game, you know, especially at the end. You know, when Madden says let's go to overtime, I was like, no, 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 we're not going to overtime. We're going to lose overtime. You know, we were just like, let's get it over with now because we can't take this anymore. Yeah, you think about they it. Yeah, really Redmond and Troy Brown running out of bounds is like, all right, all right, let's go. Just, you know. 
You know, it's, yeah, it's one was... of those things where Willie doesn't take the penalty and yep. the interception doesn't get called back. That game, that's a blowout. Right. Really? Yeah. Like, you blew out – you would have blown them out. It's just – it, you know, because then you go up, what, 24-10 at that point, I guess, 24-3 at that point. And – yeah. yeah, yeah. Damn, Ricky Pro. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, I mean, my wife's favorite game is Malcolm Butler game because she, she, she's not a huge fan. And, you know, especially with me spending so much time writing and researching and being on the phone and at the no. library and doing all these games and stuff. And then Malcolm Butler makes that play. And so she's seen me do reenactments of that, the different events that I do. You know, I have someone mm-hmm. stand here, you're Brandon Barner. All right. You're, you're uh, Malcolm Butler and you're Russell Wilson and blah, blah, blah. And we line some people up and then we do it all in slow motion. And, you know, and, uh, we reenact when they get hit, and we do it in slow motion, it's kind of like it's science fiction. And it's like, how did he do that? Well, let me show you. You know, um, and for her to, to understand the concepts of how quick he had to be there and make the play and catch the ball and you know get yeah. take the hit and all that stuff. And he only had two straps on. He didn't even have all four straps on his helmet. You know, he ran under the game so quickly. You know, so. Um, so after the amazing that, thing, she became she became a fan. Yeah, you know it, it's amazing. Like the one thing that's the amazing part of that whole play, and I know every time I try to get you off, we talk about something else. This is the problem with us. Um, it's okay. It's every time we do this. It's like, oh wait, wait, this one more thing. The amazing thing about that was was that everybody looks at oh, you know, high got you know lynched by his by his ankle. You know the play before. And everybody's right. like, oh, I guess we're going to, you know, oh, why don't they just run it again? And then, like, somebody brings up, yeah, but in the second quarter, <laughs> they had the same exact thing, and, you know, they stuffed them. That's and you're true. like, yeah. that's the way Bill thinks. Oh, this is what they ran. It stuffed them. Oh, you know, this is why they're going to do this. And, like, I remember watching that game going, why on God's green earth is Bill not taking the time out here? You know, just to save it for the offense, because in case you need it. Yep. Bill didn't want to build well, I think, Pete out because he knows Pete's an idiot too. Because <laughs> uh, we talk about that too, because everyone's like, take the time out, and Bill was looking over there and he's saying, Pete Cal doesn't know what to do, and he's waiting yeah. for me to call a time out so that he can figure out what he wants to do. And now the time is running out, and he's feeling pressure and. You know, it's kind of like uh, mano a mano. All right, you know, Clint Eastwood, let's yeah. go. What do you want to do, you know? Yeah, that was the Shooting thing. Like, the I, I remember, like, I remember, like, walking into work because I had to work after that game. So that was, like, the first yeah. Super Bowl Patriot game that I had that was not alcohol-induced, you know. And uh, <laughs> I remember walking into work and people were like, man, you got lucky. And I'm going, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of blame Pete on this one. Malcolm made a great play, but Pete's an idiot. Sure enough, Pete's yeah. an idiot. We, I mean, we scored two touchdowns against the number one ranked defense in the fourth quarter. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what everybody forgets about that game and how how Brady throws two picks in that game, and that's the only like that like I, I you know and the, the thing at the end of the half. Pete can't be a, right. a genius at the end of the first half and a moron at the after the game's over. It just doesn't work. Like no. Nope. Some of those Super Bowls were 
think Brady kind of worked himself up. Like some of those Super Bowl games are some of the worst games he ever played. Yeah, and then he was he too hyped up. He, he didn't score much in the first quarter, and they're still not scoring that much in the first quarter nowadays either. But yeah, he gets yeah. he gets he he had to settle down. Um, yeah. Because yeah, no question about it, his record in the first half is pathetic. But give me him in the fourth quarter any day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even the two Giants Super Bowls, he led drives to put them up, and the defense didn't hold. That's right. You know, so but that's why I was glad that you know for once, you know, and then everybody forgets Malcolm made the great. You know, if if Harmon kicks, you know, punts that ball that um, who the hell was it? The wide receiver from um, Seattle who's laying on who's laying on his back and makes the catch. Like it's one of them ones you just kick the ball into the thirteenth yeah. row. You know, that put right. him down there. I mean, it was just one of those things, like, where he makes that catch, and I said, oh, no, not again. <laughs> you know, it was like, that's why Lockett I was, when Jules, yeah, yeah. yeah Locker, yeah. right? maybe it was Locker, one of them. And then when Jules makes the catch know. against the Falcons, you're like, oh, it's finally our turn. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the thing. Three or four plays make or break the game. You know, you play 170 plays in a game, and two or three of them change the difference and change the momentum, and yeah. you know, and change the outcome. And that's why you play or, 60 you know, minutes. Yeah. Or there's a dumb penalty or something, but you know, that's yeah. a story for another night. Bob, we have to do this again. Absolutely. And, uh, but I thank you, and, and I can't wait to put that right next to Total Patriots on the uh, coffee table because that's where that book has stayed has been since I, I got it. 11 years ago. Well, you're going to love this one. This one's even more in-depth. This one's even more fascinating. There's not um, too much that I left out that uh, you're going to kind of like, holy moly, this is unbelievable. So I hope hope you feel that way. And when you get it, um, give, me, give me a ring, What's and then uh, you'll have it in front of me, and uh, we'll, we'll tell, tell some more stories. You know, there's hundreds All right. Of sounds, sounds good, Bob. We'll do this again. You got it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Al. You too. Anytime, you know that. Thanks. Go Pats. All right, cool. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. That is our good friend, the author of Total Patriots and his new book, Reliving Patriots History, Bob Hildberg, the stat man. You can follow him on the Twitter. Went a little long there. We'll be back with more of the show right after this. You are listening to the George Brew Experience on the What's Brewing in Sports Radio Network. You know what I'm saying? Yo, so they came around looking for you the other day. Word, I'm more power. They found the poor, Mr. Dead Pawn, I want me for one. 
I use the ones and I'm call me lover. Love who be calling on the ones that me. I'm a lover in my heart down to my belly. Kissing on my tummy, I'll be cool and deadly. It's the one MC Shine and the one that is true. Together we all have a Mr. Tornado in farmer. You know, the gentleman tell me I'm a glam. I like you, boom, boom, bam. Take them on the fish, the gentleman tell me that's from what I land. I like you, boom, boom, bam. In farmer. You know, the gentleman tell me I'm a glam. I like you, boom, boom, bam. Take them on the fish, the gentleman tell me that's from what I land. I like you, boom, boom, bam. So, this song for me, a bit, I listen for me, you know. This song for me, a bit, I listen for me, you know. Women are welcome to life, but I'm home, but I'm not going to stay. It's the gentleman tell me I'm the art to go down, but I'm not in and I'm the dance, and it's the way I'm from. From, uh, people them say I come from Jamaica But me born and raised in the diggers Don't know what's helping Noah uh. People are people, man, is all I'm on the way And the shoes that them say up And I'm a toji to show up When me a ball and all the ones are on So it's farmer You know, say that I'm a stormy, I go blam I like it, boom, boom, bam Take them on the face, say that I'm a stormy Start some more than the land I like it, boom, boom, bam In farmer You know, say that I'm a stormy, I go blam I like it, boom, boom, bam Take them on the face, say that I'm a stormy Start some more than the surpassed during the 2019 win total. Uh, the Dolphins at 6-3 and three now have. The Steelers at 9-0 and oh now have. The Lions at 4-5 and five now have, as well as the Cardinals, who now have six wins. Um, the Dolphins are 5-11. and 11, The Steelers are 8-8. Eight and eight. The Lions were 3-12-1. and one. The Cardinals were 5-10-1 last year. Um, you look at the Patriot game last night that we were referencing. And um, uh, let's see. Um, right after the half, uh, Chicago takes back the opening kick. Uh, Cordero Patterson, who is the best return man in the game today, um, 104 to the house. Um, they will now go up 13 to seven. And if you have the over in that game, you are hoping that it. Now, Sparks. Um, 
you know, we were talking about the Patriot game last night, you know, last night, and what I was saying before, you know, Bob had joined us, and I thought we were getting more into the game, but, you know, some of the, the, the interesting parts of that, the book um, and, and Bob's wealth of Patriot knowledge is, you know, wasn't worth using on the um, the game. But, um, you know, you look at the game last night, and I, I think, like I was saying to Bob, you know, I'm okay with any outcome this year, you know, you just kind of look at the whole thing and go, all right, you know, here it is. It's Patriots, blah, blah, blah. And a couple game, a couple plays changed it. The, the, the snap on the wildcat, when you have a wildcat quarterback, it made no sense to have Ingram back there. Um, in his first game back after injury, you know, it's led to, you know, a turnover on downs, which, you know, led the Patriots to get some points. Um, you know, there's a missed extra point in that. You know, they get down to the two, and then, you know, Cam Newton spikes the ball to a wide-open Jacoby Myers. Like, that was one of those where I don't think Cam is comfortable in his accuracy. I don't think he's comfortable with his arm. Um, at this point, so I think what you had to do, what he had to do was set his feet. Just set your feet. You know, you, you had time. The guy was standing there in the end zone. He could have had a damn sandwich waiting for the ball. Um, which, you know, on a team that's not supposed to be great, you know, that's one of those plays where you just look at and go, just like the um, the Giants have gone through this year. That's a play that could derail you. You know, man. You get you get three out of that, but you should have gotten seven. Seven puts the game away. Three keeps the points. And you know, it was one of them ones where good teams don't not score there. You know, so good teams don't not find a way to punch that ball in the end zone. You know, there was no way that Baltimore was going to let you run that ball and they were not going to let Cam run that ball and you were going to have to throw it. The lack of a tight end, the lack of height. You know, some Patriot fans all night, where's Nikhil Harry? You're the guy's the only ones that like this guy. He stinks. He's overrated. He's, um, you know, you were kind of waiting for him and hoping for him. It's kind of one of those guys where you kind of go, yeah, if you had just drafted DK Metcalf. Maybe things could have been different. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things with the Patriots. And, and, you know, and like the Giants, you know, you got to learn to win. This is a new team. You know, I know there's a lot on the defense that you're, you're familiar with your names or you're used to. Offensively, you need to. That's one of those plays, I think, in Patriot you know, land where if they do turn their season around and they do go 11 and five and make the playoffs and, and do whatever, like, I think you started looking at last week going, all right, you know, like you're going to that game, you beat the Jets, you, you know, the Jets beat you the way you want to beat teams. And, um, you know, now going forward, when you look at the Patriots schedule, Houston should be a win. Then you go to then you have Arizona into you. You kind of hope for weather that day. Then you got the Chargers and the Rams back to back within five days, all in LA. Then you got the 
Dolphins, Bills, Jets to end the season. And the Rams are one of those teams where they're they, it depends on how they show up. If they show up, that should be a loss. But if you really look at the Patriots now, 11, 10 and 6 is not one of those records that you go, if this team goes 10 and 6, you kind of look at it and go, I feel a little bit better about this team at the end of the year. You know, like I, I'm not, all right. You know, they finished season 10 and six. Maybe they just missed the playoffs. You know, we're looking at the Bills schedule before. Like I said, the Bills have a couple losses on that schedule. They got some tough games coming up. Look, they lose to New England. You know, that, look, New England has three games this year that you kind of look at it and go, you probably shouldn't have lost that Denver game. You probably shouldn't have lost that that Broncos game. You probably, you definitely shouldn't have lost that Seattle game. So that's three games there. You're sitting there going at four and five. Eh. You win those three games, you're seven and two, and everybody goes, oh, they didn't need Brady to win. Wow, oh, this, this this team ain't bad. You know that 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 the Chiefs game. I can make arguments for winning that game, but, you know, I don't think they were going to win that game. I just think that the Chiefs are infinitely more talented. No, it's say they do win that game, and they're 8-1, you know. And we're sitting there going, eh, nothing's different here. Um, but, you, you know, I think the biggest thing that you're talking about with the Patriots is that they need to get Gilmore back. The question on why he's not playing is there. You practiced last week. You know, you started getting out there last week. I could see with the weather, they're like, oh, we're not going to test the knee. All right, so let's see if we get him back. You kind of need him. You probably don't need him next week against Houston. And the good thing for the Patriots is Deshaun Watson is a little bit better version of um, – he could throw. He's a better throwing version than Lamar Jackson. He, you know, he could definitely do it. So you look at that and you go, all right. You probably don't need Gilmore back next week. All right, now you get Gilmore back for the Arizona game, and you need him against Arizona. You need him on D Hop. You know, J.C. Jackson could be fine against Christian Kirk, and then whoever can play Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald hasn't scored a touchdown at all this year. He hasn't scored one since last year. Um. There was a muff punt by Chicago. Minnesota is going to take over. Let's see. Where are they taking over? Plus ter- definitely plus territory. They punted from around the 50. Now, they'll take over right at the red zone. It's on the 20. The Kirk. The primetime Kirk is coming back, and um, you know they are not using Dalvin Cook the way you would think they'd be using Dalvin Cook. Uh, but you know, here it is. It's you know mid third. They're down six. Um, do the kickoff return for score at the beginning of the half, and right out of the break, Cordell Patterson has. Taking a bunch of balls to the house, especially in Chicago. I remember we did that with the Patriots in eighteen. Um, which is something the Patriots are missing. Like I look at this week Gunnar Olszewski, which I said last week. Um, please, dear God, 
just let the ball hit the end zone, 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 let the ball hit the end zone. Because when he only gets it back to the 15, you need a first down just to get back to the 25. Like, start at 25. The, the infinitely better um, you are when you can get that start. And, and, you know, if you only need 10 more, you know, you only need 50 hearts to get in the field goal position in, in the NFL. But that's that's what that is. Uh, the Giants, we'll, th- we'll talk more in depth about these tomorrow night on the Brew and Angel show. Uh, this one was kind of... Uh, Scheduled to help out our band and to uh, do a show with Bob Hildberg um, to talk about his book, uh, Reliving Patriots History. Um, but that's why we're here. You know, the Giants got a great win yesterday against an Eagles team that they hadn't beat since before Donald Trump was elected president in 2016. Um, Daniel Jones played great. That was one of those games where when you look at the Giants and you talk about Giants and you say, Okay, here, you know, um, you know, we talked about it and I've talked about it for weeks. You got to learn how to win and you got to win until you can learn how to win. So you got to play until you learn how to win. They learn how to win, you know, that, that, the the Buccaneers game, like the Giants should be on a three game winning streak, four game winning streak. Actually, they should have never lost. They should have won four straight games. And then yes, as bad as the AFC, NFC East is, no, we talked about it. there was a seven and nine team that made the playoffs. Everybody forgets about that seven, eight, and one Carolina Panthers team that made the playoffs and won a playoff game. Granted, the home field advantage not exactly the same this year, but it happens. Um, you know, it depends on who you get. You know, some teams you know look at it and go, oh, well, we should have been, we should have been a home team. We had a better record. You know, like and just it just happens that way um, in the NFL where you know you go into a place and get a warm weather team coming up to giant stadium for a, um, you know, for a playoff game. You never know what can happen. Um, and I think the thing with the giants is that you have to start looking at just going, you really start shaking your head and going, is this, could this possibly happen? You know, a couple of weeks ago, you're talking about, Oh, is Daniel Jones, the future, or are we going to get a top five pick? You know, do we, you know, do we trade, do we draft fields? Who do we draft? You know, look, whoever wins that div- whoever wins that division probably should be picking in the top ten because it's going to get rough. Um, but then again, you could also have three teams in that division picking in the top ten too. So that's how it's bad. Um, or it is Andy Dalton may return to practice. He may actually play. So we have all that. Um, Bruin Angel Sports Talk tomorrow night, 8.30. We'll be here. Thanks for listening. Follow him at Bob the Statman. I am at Hi, my name is Bruin on the Twitter. Uh, we got a new Instagram. It's what's Bruin Sports Radio, so follow that. We'll try to update that more than we did the other one. For some reason, the other one got knocked off with the Instagram. So thanks. Uh, have a great night. We will talk to you soon. Have a good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.